everyone loves to talk about Juju, right? And increasingly, of late, there's a lot of discussion and debate about whether or not the Steelers should keep Juju from becoming a free agent. I have a pretty strong viewpoint on this, but it won't be based on, oh, 99.999% of the criteria that everyone else is using. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. I do one of these every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of penguins and pirates. Juju does his thing. He dances on logos. He prioritizes the branding of his name. He doesn't look like he's moved at all whenever the Steelers lose. Uh, And that's going to be the kind of thing that some people will have a really hard time with and others, more likely due to generational differences, won't. My own take on that stuff is, you know, whatever. It, it's just whatever. It's there. I'll, I'll have a, a fun conversation about it if anybody wants to and share my own viewpoints, whether those are viewpoints established in the past or viewpoints from listening to younger people today and trying to get their sense for why they think he's so awesome. And I'm open-minded on that front. But I don't want the Steelers to re-sign him. And it's got nothing to do with any of that stuff. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. Because the fact of the matter is, he just hasn't been a very good football player for the last couple of years. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our new partners at Fubo TV. If you're paying around 200 bucks a month for cable, as most of us do, Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels with an emphasis on sports, and now including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, meaning you can watch all the Penguins games, all the Pirates games, and you've basically lost all your excuses to hang on to cable. For our listeners only, go to FuboTV.com DK to get 15% off your first month. One more time. FuboTV.com slash DK, 15% off your first month. No more than a few minutes had elapsed from when the Steelers were beaten by the Browns in the playoffs. Then did Ben Roethlisberger take to the Zoom room and find a way to let all of us on the call and in the stadium know that it'd be really nice if the Steelers brought Juju back. That was a pretty rough day for the organization. It's a pretty rough day for the quarterback and his center and a lot of other people. But Ben still found it important enough in that moment, in that setting, to send a signal, not to us, not to you, but directly to the people running the Steelers, that it would be awesome to have Juju back. He even threw out... Juju's popularity in trying to make the argument, saying he believed that it would be something that a lot of fans could get behind. I'm not sure I understand that. Because this quarterback didn't use Juju 
to his capabilities, didn't find him, much less hit him, downfield so that he could stretch things out. And in fact, showed a very, very clear preference for Deontay Johnson whenever he needed to move the sticks and Chase Claypool when he needed to put up points. Juju couldn't have been a more distinct number three wide receiver in this offense, even if he'd been someone who took 82.2% of all of his snaps out of the slot. Oh, wait, he did. Ranking number one, actually, among all NFL wide receivers in that category. He's a slot receiver. He's a slot receiver. He's become that. He is no longer the juju big play rookie that had everyone all wound up and had him on that, remember the NFL Centennial commercial where he was right out there with all these living legends because the league thought, wow, here's the next bright star who's eventually going to end up in Canton and he's you know a big, big deal on social media, so here's a way that we can get this commercial to connect with the kiddies instead of just showing Larry Zonka and Joe Green and everybody. One problem has materialized since that year. He no longer makes big plays. He makes lots of small plays. I'm going to read you some other numbers. First, I mean, his base stats are are what they are. You know, 97 catches, which is impressive. They were seventh in the league. Been through the ball a lot. 831 receiving yards. Eh, not so great, but 36th in the league. Yards after the catch, 301. Not good. 70th in the league. In the red zone, he wasn't particularly good, only targeted at a rate of 20.3% down there, meaning when Ben had options who he was going to target, he went to Juju only 20% of the time. That's 91st in the league. Air yards is another one. Air yards is where you actually catch the ball from the point of the line of scrimmage to where you catch the ball, regardless of what happens after that. Juju had 735. That ranked 61st in the league. His average target distance, where he was when Ben was trying to hit him on a pass, was 5.8 yards. Like, from me to you if we were standing like in a coffee shop or something. That ranked 106th in the league. You know how many times he was targeted deep downfield? Not how many balls he caught downfield. Not how many he could have caught, whatever. He was targeted six times the entire season. 94th in the league. I I think you're getting the idea here. The Steelers need to spread their offense out. The Steelers need to stretch things. The best way to do that, in addition to taking full advantage of Deontay Johnson as a true number one wide receiver 
in the NFL, which I believe he is. I know he had the episodes uh, with the drops and everything like that. I, I happen to believe in him. I, I think there's a lot to like there, including off the field, I might add. Deontay's your number one. Chase Claypool is your clear number two, and he's your deep threat. He's your uh, Martavis Bryant, if you will, back when Martavis looked like he was going to be the next big thing. Chase has all that, and he's capable of, you know, getting the short distance plays too. He's capable of moving the sticks, and he's capable of doing tough things to make things happen at the goal line. And then you have James Washington, who, for reasons I've not understood at all, has been grossly underutilized, not just by the head coach, not just by the coordinator. And when we're talking about the last couple of years, we're obviously talking about Randy Feetner, but also by the quarterback. Ben's always talking about how he's lobbying to get James on the field, get James on the field. James comes on the field and Ben doesn't do anything with him. When he did, James Washington, for the most part, made plays. Those are my three wide receivers. Now, yeah, somebody's going to get hurt. You're going to need more. You're going to need depth. I get that part. But are you going to pay Juju a free agent's wage to be depth? Because that's what he should be. That's what he should be. I feel like I need to reiterate the disclaimer here. I really don't care what he does off the field. I don't care how he is with reporters, how he is with me, how he is with you. I don't care if he's giving out money left and right and doing all these good deeds and whatever. He's going to do that wherever he is. Good for him. Wonderful. Not what we're talking about. Believe it or not, it's okay, Pittsburgh, to talk about actual football, which is usually my intent here, almost always my intent here. I wouldn't be paying Juju as a free agent because that money can be far better allocated by this football team. Never mind who you could keep on defense who's a better football player who has a bigger impact than Juju, like, for example, Bud Dupree, Mike Hilton. And I could even make an argument for Cam Sutton in that context as well because Joe Hayden's not going to be around forever. There's three guys on defense right there alone that I'd rather see Juju's money go to. But even on offense, you know what the Steelers really need on offense? If you're looking to spend money, presuming that they don't get some big-time running back in the draft, they could sure use one out of free agency. Presuming Marquise Pouncey retires and I gotten the feeling that that's a pretty safe presumption. You're going to need a center, and you're going to need a center through trade or free agency. You're not going to be able to get one out of the draft and have that individual, that kid, show up in Latrobe and do what Marquise did and just knock everybody over on the first day. Marquise was special. This center class for draft is not seen as anything great. You want to spend money? Go get a center. Go pay up for a big-time center to help anchor an offensive line that's otherwise going to be frighteningly young. That matters. That's where you put your cash. You don't put it into your fourth best wide receiver. Not a narrative, not off the field, not any of the nonsense, purely for football 
reasons. When we come back, just one question. like to leave one you can do so by visiting dk pittsburgh sports find the article that encompasses this podcast and leave it right there in comments this segment of daily shot is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of luxembourg garbett kelly and george lgkg they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need help with workers comp who filed for medical malpractice claims the attorneys at lgkg have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's Just One Question comes from the beautifully named Dr. Blob, who asks, My question is simple. Much attention has been paid to the Steelers' first draft choice. The needs they have are clearly evident. And the debate seems to focus on running back offensive line and even whether or not they should draft a quarterback. What happened to the old best athlete available philosophy? Let's say it's the Steelers' turn to draft and the next two or three best players left on the board are linebacker, safety, and even wide receiver. What's the best direction for the Steelers to take? Going back to your first actual question within there, I would say what happened to the old best athlete available philosophy is nothing. (laughs) That's very much how Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin passionately insist they approach the draft to this day. Um, There are times when that's more lip service than it is reality. And we saw that in particular when they traded up to get Devin Bush because of the dire need at inside linebacker, and specifically an inside linebacker who could do some or all of the things that Ryan Shazier did in terms of dropping into coverage, showing speed, going sideline to sideline, taking out the screen pass and everything else that Bush was getting really good at before his knee injury. But otherwise, when you talk to them, Yeah, they end up somehow, magically, with the positions that you need, you know, for the most part. And you end up with a certain pattern of positions that get taken year after year. Just to give you an example, you never want to get through an entire draft without taking at least one offensive lineman. That's like one of those cardinal rules that they have. And you'll see that they'll end up with one, even if it's in the seventh round or the way it was with Kevin Dotson uh, this past year in the fourth. You, you, you get somebody that you can add to the organization and just constantly kind of keep that flow moving. This is shaping up as a draft where if they made up their minds – regarding a position, it would seem to be the most obvious that they would lean towards center. But as I mentioned in the first segment, this isn't a great class for that. That doesn't mean there won't be a center available to them who'd be right in that area of when they pick. But as you're suggesting here, is that really the way you want to go in that case? 
uh, your example here is, well, what if the guys that are on the board, the best guys are uh, linebacker, safety, or a wide receiver? Well, that's not optimal. But what are you going to do? Take a lesser player, a player that you yourself or you and your scouts after a years of work that you've put into this draft are going to knowingly avoid a better football player so that you can, you know, fill a hole for what, a year, half a year? You don't even know where your holes are going to be as a football team. You can think you do. You can think that, but then you show up at camp and somebody has a broken leg or somebody has something, and all of a sudden you've got a hole where you didn't think you had one. Remember the reaction to Alex Highsmith? I mean, a lot of people were excited about Highsmith's potential, and it was cool that he was coming from a small program and everything else. But for the most part, it was, seriously? Outside linebacker? Really? That's what you're going to do here? You're going to do edge rusher? We don't need edge rushers. Well, what ended up happening? Bud went down for the year. The Steelers were 11-0 and with Bud. 1-5 without Bud. That's not blaming Highsmith. He played pretty well. My point is he was needed. He was needed. Why did they take Highsmith where they did? Because they thought he was the best player to take there. As I said here, it's not always that cut and dried. My belief is that when this franchise makes up its mind to go first-round quarterback, it needs to do so with gusto. If you're going to give up additional payment to trade up and get Devin Bush, who's not nearly as important with respect to this franchise as whoever the next franchise quarterback is, to me, you go into the process with gusto. If you believe that there's a quarterback available to you in the upper half of the first round or the top 10 of the first round or however the actual quarterback class itself staggers itself out. You go after it. You don't mess around. Not every NFL team needs to draft a first-round quarterback every year. Heck, the Steelers haven't had to do it since, wow, like the turn of the century. There's generally only a handful that do. When it's your turn to be one of those teams, Don't go half-hearted with it. Go the whole way. Go after it. Figure out who it is that you want, what games you have to play to try to throw other people off the scent and hope that they don't take that guy, and know what position you have to move up to in order to ensure that you get this quarterback. Again, just like Devin Bush. They knew where they needed to be in the draft, in that order, in that first round, to get Bush. They went and they got him. It was impressive. It was aggressive. It was exactly how you'd want your football team to keep building itself. For quarterback, that goes quadruple. So I really i am not interested in thinking about quarterbacks that are going to be available to them where they currently are or a Mason Rudolph-type guy, you know, third round, whatever it is. Uh That's not to say there aren't great, even Hall of Fame quarterbacks drafted in later rounds, but scouting's pretty advanced these days. 
you know? If you're getting Joe Burrow, you're getting Joe Burrow, and you know it. You know, you don't have to wonder about it. The Browns aren't even the Browns anymore when it comes to this stuff. They actually got themselves at least a decent quarterback after about seven tries in the draft alone. I'd like to see them go with best athlete, but I wouldn't mind if the best athlete ended up being somebody who fit. And I think, to answer your question, that's how the team approaches it as well. Thanks so much for that. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening, not just today, but all week. Again, we do this Monday through Friday. If you like what you're hearing, go to your podcast platform and leave a nice review. That really helps, by the way, with the rankings and stuff like that. Uh, It'll make a big difference toward having this podcast continue growing. Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.